Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up, guys? In today's video, I'm going to be going through some top waiver wire targets for week two of the NFL season. So these are going to be players that are available in at least 50% of leagues, and I'm using the ESPN waiver wire to track that. Then I'm just going to go through five players at every single position. While you guys are watching this video, if you enjoy the content, all I ask is that you guys leave a like and subscribe to the channel, and then let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. But let's just get right into it, starting off with the running back position. And these guys aren't ranked in any specific order, you know, because different teams may need different types of players. You may need a guy that you're desperate to plug into your lineup, or you just may want some kind of safe depth on your bench. It could really depend. But I do think Elijah Mitchell here is going to have to be probably the overall waiver wire number one claim. He's only owned in 0.7% of leagues, so it's almost a guarantee that he is on the waiver wire. And right now, it looks like he is going to be the number one for the San Francisco 49ers. Going into the game, he was the number two. Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch, which was a surprise to a lot of people. But Kyle Shanahan came out and said that Mitchell and Hasty beat Sermon out for those roles. So, I mean, Sermon is like the number four. He's not a guy that you should even think about plugging into your lineups. And then Mostert goes out, gets injured on, you know, one of the first few plays of the game. And then Elijah Mitchell just takes over as the workhorse out of this backfield. Normally, we see this 49ers offense use a variety of running backs, but they were really just giving Mitchell the entire workload, 19 carries, 104 rush yards, and a touchdown. So he's a guy that could be a legitimate starter in your lineup for as long as Raheem Mostert is out. And I mean, Raheem Mostert has just proven that he cannot carry, you know, the workload of a number one back. So Elijah Mitchell, definitely the top overall waiver wire pickup. Then I have James White here at number two. You know, he's available in just over 47% of leagues. So it's not a guarantee that he is on your waiver wire. But I really like the way he was utilized in this game. It was basically like the same usage you would see with Tom Brady. He was not great last year with Cam Newton, but it makes sense. You know, when mobile quarterbacks don't see anything downfield, they tend to not check down. They really just look to use their legs and run. And so James White was not very involved in the offense last year, but he looked really solid today. He was targeted seven times, six receptions, 49 yards. He also got a few carries in there. So a nice kind of RB guy to have on your bench in PPR leagues, maybe even half point PPR. Then I have Tony Jones Jr. here. He is the new number two in New Orleans. You know, there was kind of rumblings throughout camp that Tony Jones Jr. was actually beating out Latavius Murray, but you know, we really just didn't know. He didn't have a ton of NFL experience. Then the Saints go out, they cut Latavius Murray, and that really just opened the door for Tony Jones Jr. And this Saints backfield is definitely something you want a piece of because they do use their number two running back a fair amount. Alvin Kamara definitely gets his work but they also involved that second guy. And we saw it today. He had 11 carries for 50 yards. If you are an Alvin Kamara owner, you should 100% be picking up Tony Jones Jr. And even if you're not, you know, I think he's worth a roster spot in deeper leagues. After that, we have Mark Ingram here. He is owned in just over 10% of leagues. And it looks like he is going to be the number one running back in this Texans backfield. I don't think I'm gonna be as high on him as a lot of people because you look at his workload, 26 carries, 85 yards, one touchdown. Obviously, it's not efficient, but if you can find a guy who's getting 26 carries off the waiver wire, that appears to be a steal. But here's the issue. This is a full-on committee. Lindsey and David Johnson were both involved 
It looks like David Johnson is going to be the receiving back. Philip Lindsay is kind of the in-between guy. And even though this usage was great in week one, this is not something you are going to see on a consistent basis. The reason that Mark Ingram got so many carries is because the Texans were way ahead. I don't think we're ever going to see the Texans have as big of a lead as they had today against the Jaguars. It's just not going to happen. I still do not think this Texans offense is good. And so he is worth a pickup just because he is the number one running back on a team, but I wouldn't have your expectations too high. And then the last running back here is going to be Kenneth Gainwell. I think a lot of people expected a committee out of this Philadelphia backfield, but I think they kind of thought it was going to be a three-headed monster with Miles Sanders as the number two. And then you had Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. You know, maybe Boston Scott gets some of the carries, Kenneth Gainwell more in the receiving game. But Boston Scott was just not a factor today. It was all Kenny Gainwell. He looks like he's going to be the number two. I mean, he got nine carries, three targets. He also received a red zone carry, which led to a touchdown. So, I mean, that's great news, especially because he's not a big bodied back. So if he's able to get at least a little bit of that red zone work, he is a very solid handcuff to have for Miles Sanders or a guy in deeper leagues. And he's only currently rostered in 3.5% of leagues. So it's very likely that he is going to be on the waiver wire. Let's move on to the wide receivers here. And the first guy I have is going to be Christian Kirk. It looks like he is going to be the number two here for the Cardinals. You know, Rondell Moore and AJ Green were both involved, but I mean, Christian Kirk just balled out today. 70 yards, two touchdowns. This is going to be an explosive Arizona Cardinals offense. So he is definitely worth a roster spot you know, maybe in deeper leagues, even in like 12 team leagues, he's only owned in 3.6% of leagues. So that is 100% going to jump up. Next up here, I kind of cheated and I placed two Denver Broncos receivers. I have KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick. They're both owned in under 2% of leagues. So it's very likely they're going to be on your waiver wire. But we saw that Jerry Judy is now out for at least six to eight weeks with that nasty ankle injury. And Hamler and Patrick actually both out-targeted Cortland Sutton. So these guys have the opportunity to step in, maybe be the number one, number two. It looks like this is going to be a Broncos team that's just going to have a lot of passing volume. They may not have a ton of touchdown upside with the variety of weapons on this team, but they're both totally worth a pickup. After that, I have Zach Paschal here, another guy who's owned in very few leagues, only 2.4% of leagues, and he led all these Colts wide receivers and targets. You know, that wasn't saying a lot, considering that the two leading guys and targets on that team were the running backs, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. But I mean, they targeted him when it matters. He had four receptions for 43 yards and two receiving touchdowns. So this is definitely a wide receiver room we need to continue to monitor because we do have Michael Pittman there. We had Paris Campbell, but so far it looks like Zach Paschal is going to be that guy. On to Sterling Shepard, who is owned in about a fourth of leagues, and he led this Giants wide receiver core in targets. Nine targets, seven receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. He played great. You know, I don't know if he's going to be able to hold on to this role because you do have Kenny Galladay there. He ended up, you know, not with a terrible stat line, but you also have Darius Slayton. I do just think this team is going to have a lot of garbage time production because they are not good overall. So another guy that is totally worth a roster spot. And then the last receiver I have here is going to be Nelson Aguilar, owned in 30% of leagues. And going into week one, we had not heard a ton of great things from Aguilar. The Patriots were kind of struggling to get him the ball. They couldn't really figure out his usage, but then he just went out and balled out five receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown. I do think Jacoby Myers is probably still going to be the number one, 
but he's definitely a guy that Mac trusts as we saw from week one. Now let's move on to the quarterbacks. And this was actually kind of a tough list to make because there were some guys that I wanted to put on here like Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold, but both of those guys have very tough matchups next week. So I ended up leaving them off. Here at number one, I have Kirk Cousins. He is just a very safe week to week play, put up some solid numbers yesterday, 351 yards, two touchdowns, just a very safe option. You know, maybe your quarterback is questionable or injured. You want to plug Kirk in there. Just a nice option to have. Then at number two, I have Teddy Bridgewater. And I was not big on Teddy Bridgewater going into this season. He played well yesterday, 283 total yards and two touchdowns. Plus, this is just a juicy matchup against the Jaguars. I mean, we saw what Tyrod Taylor did with that subpar Texans offense. This Broncos offense may not be great, but they are totally better than the Texans. So they are likely going to feast and he is owned in under 5% of leagues. So definitely a very viable streaming option. After that, I have back-to-back rookie quarterbacks here. And these are not guys that I think are going to step into your lineup you know, next week. It's Justin Fields and Trey Lance, both owned in under 50% of leagues. But these are players where maybe you kind of have a back-end QB1. You may want an option for the end of the season. So if you guys have room to stash these players on your bench, I would totally recommend it. For Justin Fields, it's really just a matter of time before he takes over as the QB1. This offense just has zero upside with Andy Dalton. And when Fields does take over, he's going to have that rushing upside. Same thing with Trey Lance. You know, it may be later on in the season, but once he is that QB1 guy, his ceiling is going to be so high. I kind of think of both of these players like Jalen Hurts. You know, even if they're not great in the passing game, I mean, Jalen Hurts was great yesterday, but just kind of like the idea of them, even if they're not great in the passing game, they can more than make up for it on the ground. Then the last guy here is going to be Daniel Jones. You know, I don't feel very comfortable with him, but you know, after week one, 294 total yards, two touchdowns. Like I mentioned with Sterling Shepard, I kind of think this Giants team is just going to be in a lot of garbage time situations. This offense is not good. The defense didn't really hold up that well against this Broncos offense. So he just may need to be throwing the ball a lot. And that's just going to give him some solid volume. Plus he is a decent guy in the run game. So he's owned in under 12% of leagues. So just maybe a guy you should keep your eye on. Let's switch over to the tight end position. And this is probably going to look pretty rough. I mean, even guys that you have on your roster, you may not feel super confident about at the tight end position, but here the first guy is going to be Jared Cook. He is owned in just under a fourth of leagues, and it looks like he is the locked in tight end one on this Chargers offense, and this is going to be a very good offense. He was targeted eight times, five receptions for 56 yards, so I definitely think he's the top tight end option off the waiver wire. It looks like he still has some juice, and this was against a very good Washington football team defense. Then I have Dalton Schultz here. He is owned in just over 1% of leagues. So it's almost a guarantee that he is going to be on the waiver wire. If you really need a tight end, he had six receptions for 45 yards on Thursday night. And this is going to be a timeshare with Blake Jarwin. They're both going to be splitting the snaps. But now that Michael Gallup is out, this is a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. So we could definitely see him continue to be involved. Then I have Cole Komet here. He was targeted seven times on Sunday night, five receptions for 42 yards. He's just a young tight end that has a lot of potential. And it definitely seemed like the Bears had him on the field much more than Jimmy Graham. Then I have the Seattle Seahawks tight end, Gerald Everett. You know, not a huge day, two receptions for 20 yards and a touchdown. But when we're getting this late kind of on the waiver wire, especially at the tight end position, 
I'm just looking for guys that I think can get into the end zone. And Gerald Everett is going to have a decent amount of opportunities on the Seahawks offense. So he's here owned in just over 10% of leagues. And then I have Jawan Johnson, a major breakout from week one, owned in just over 1% of leagues. So he is a wide receiver who has transitioned into the tight end position. So he is a great athlete, and that's definitely the appeal. You know, he did only have three receptions, three targets, but it was for 21 yards and two touchdowns. And what I noticed about those targets is they were crucial moments. So he had the two touchdowns, obviously. So he's being looked at in the red zone. And then his other reception was on a fourth and seven conversion. So they obviously trust him. He may not be getting that volume, but kind of another red zone guy that you could look for in specific matchups. Now onto the last position, we're going to talk about the defenses. And honestly, this is not a great week to stream defenses. I'm someone who likes to stream defenses on a week to week basis, but this week, you know, the matchups just aren't great. A lot of the really, really bad offensive teams are playing these kind of top defenses that are already going to be owned. So this may kind of be slim pickings here. But the first team is going to be the Saints, owned in only 26.7% of leagues. And I mean, they just went out and dominated Aaron Rodgers, held that Packers offense to only three points. And they play the Panthers next week, who, you know, isn't a terrible offense, but a major, major downgrade from the Green Bay Packers. So out of all the defenses that are owned in under 50% of leagues, the Saints probably have to be number one. Then I have the Packers here at 21.4% owned. And this was definitely a rough week one but they do play against the Lions next week, which is a solid matchup for them. And if we're being honest, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not going to play as bad as he did in week one. He gave this Packers defense terrible field position. The offense had no time of possession. So I fully expect Aaron Rodgers to go out next Sunday, you know, keep the ball for the majority of the game and really kind of take the pressure off of this defense. Then I have the Cardinals here owned in just over 5% of leagues. And they just put on a clinic against this Tennessee Titans offense. I've been talking all offseason, like, how is any defense going to stop Julio, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry? And, you know, week one, it happens to be the Arizona Cardinals defense, which didn't have a great rep going into the season. And so they kind of have an average matchup against the Vikings. So, you know, not a terrible play. And then the fourth and last team is going to be the Raiders owned in under 1% of leagues. They play against the Steelers who struggled this week, but this is still not something I'm very confident in. And that's why I don't even have a team at number five. Like I mentioned at the start of the defense, you know, breakdown, there's just not a lot of solid streaming options, but that is going to wrap it up for my top waiver wire targets. If you guys enjoyed this video, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. And let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. What guys are you going to be targeting on the waiver wire? You know, if you're debating between a few guys, drop those names and I'll kind of help you guys make a decision. That's all I have for today. Make sure you guys check out tomorrow. I'll be talking about my start sits for the running back and wide receiver positions. And then I'll also be going through some trade targets and trade pieces for week two. So all that's going to be coming out tomorrow for videos. But thank you guys for tuning in and I'll see you next time.